I'm Monica Kelly at a very unique business, Kelly's Cookies, for goodness bakes. Kelly Reignauer is the owner, and she's here with me, and she says her goal is to reach local youth, especially foster and at-risk young people from the age of 18 to 24 in the greater Sacramento, California region. Hi, Kelly. Hi there. Thanks for having me. What's your favorite flavor that you sell here? My favorite probably is our toffee fudge because my favorite candy bar is a Heath bar. So we created a fudge brownie cookie and we chop up Heath candy bar on top. So it's like candy and cookie all in one. I can only eat about a quarter of it and I'm full. And then my other favorite would be our pumpkin pecan white chocolate. This cookie tastes like if you order a pumpkin muffin, you break off just the top of it, the muffin top. And then you do gluten-free too, right? I bought some rice flour and research, you know, the different binders to use to keep it from crumbling. So we now have four really good gluten-free. Did you have, when you were growing up, do you remember Easy Bake Ovens? Oh, I did. And I was terrible. I I am not good at cakes. I always had the cake overflow and burn and, you know, set my oven on fire. So uh, that's why I stick with cookies. So you've been doing Kelly's Cookies for 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. But actually last year we made a big change. We transformed our for-profit bakery into a nonprofit. And we now focus our efforts on offering job skills training and mentoring and bringing in and those vulnerable group of young adults, our efforts are on the aged out foster youth, but we found a lot of other youth within that age group that needs extra job skills. Uh, maybe they have certain challenges or special needs that so we welcome those as well. So let's talk about aged out foster kids. Tell me about what happens when a child is 18, they're in the foster care system. What happens after that traditionally? Yeah, when they turn 18, they're pretty much expected to become self-sufficient, act on their own, be financially independent. And I have a 16-year-old old son. And I know when he turns 18, he's no way ready to do that. So how do you expect a young child with no, you know, real parents or maybe no mother, father, siblings, cousins to actually come in as a support system and have a soft place to land. So that's what we try to be. We try to make our bakery not only a job training facility, but we become everyone's family and we celebrate birthdays. One young gal, she turned 19 and she said, this is my first birthday party. And that just devastated us. So we made a big to do about it. And we do a lot of things at Christmas. And we actually bring them in right before Christmas to make a bunch of Christmas cookies. And then we take them to assisted living the next day, just so they can feel like they're giving back to the community as well as receiving, you know, our services. You have personal experience with a foster care youth. I do. And that's the whole reason I switched my focus. I was asked if I knew of anybody that had an empty guest room that could take in a young girl that was being booted out of her home. And she kind of jumped from house to house. And without hesitation, I said, I have a room. I'll I'll take her. And so she moved in literally a few days later. And then I kind of got a glimpse right away into the challenges they face. And as we got to know each other and our, you know, she earned my trust or I earned her trust, she started sharing more about her childhood and the abuse that she went through and how broken the system was and how she couldn't get anybody to believe her or listen to her. And then also just the challenges of housing and getting a job and all that. So that's when I became her advocate and others' advocate as well to go, okay, we need to do something to help this group of young adults. So I thought, why not turn my bakery into job skills training and and become a family for those that don't have one. With me now is Levi, who's on the advisory board for goodness bakes. Hello, thanks for having us. What has been most surprising for me is kids who have turned 18 now becoming an adult. They're leaving the foster care program. There's not a lot out there for them after they've left the foster care. That as much as 50% are 
homeless. For myself, being involved here with Kelly and what she's doing, and also coming from a, a background that has been very, very sheltered, it's been just a real eye-opener for me to see that this is actually going on in our community, something I was completely unaware of just even last year. What are some of the other challenges they might face? One of the main things that I think we've seen here at the bakery is just a lot of them are not prepared for anything. They don't know what to utilize as a stepping stone for, for something else. For instance, there's really not an opportunity for employment. There, there are some programs, but there's not a lot, certainly not enough for the amount of these at-risk youth that we see. What Kelly's doing here is providing at least a stepping stone to something else that can provide them with with better employment down the road. This is not something that's going to be permanent, but when the students come into this program, Kelly and others who who mentor, and we have some other people who come in that help with, for instance, like uh, resume building. So we help them get some of the basic needs that, that they will need to get a job in the future. So Kelly, as you've gotten to build relationships with more and more young people coming out of the foster care system, what are you finding? These young adults are often very hurt, they're traumatized, and I think what people don't realize is we bring them into our home and we think, oh, we'll just love on them and and they'll appreciate us, but they have their wall up. They're not going to let you get close to them. It was a good year before I called my foster daughter, before she let me get close to her, and I remember the first time she went away for a weekend and she goes, bye, love you, and I said, what'd you say? Like, get back here, what'd you say? And so that was a huge hurdle because she just said it's a matter of time before you throw me out too. And that became my challenge. I'm like, nope. And she tested me every which way to try to break me, to get me to, you know, say this isn't working. And um, we had some rough days and some rough times, but that became my mission. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to be just another one that you become a little brat or, you know, we get in a fight and I'm kicking you out. I I didn't do that. I'm like, nope. And that was very fulfilling. (laughs) That's huge. I can imagine if I were in a situation where people kept rejecting me, that I would absolutely put up walls and I would not trust anybody. That is true. And plus, she, I mean, she was betrayed by the system. She was betrayed by authorities. She was betrayed by teachers. I won't get into details, but she was crying out for help for different ways. She was abused and nobody, they said, oh, don't listen to her. She's just a acting out spoiled brat from the foster care. And so I don't blame her. <laughs> so what's been the most fulfilling part for you after having this foster daughter in your life? Probably just seeing our relationship grow and seeing her grow as, as a young adult and taking on more responsibility seeing her self-esteem improve and she's since become a mother herself over the the past year and seeing what a great mother she is I mean I I was worried like oh no are we going to carry on the cycle but she's I think this is her opportunity to be the parent that she wished she had and she's a wonderful mother and now I get to be a grandma (laughs) I'm Monica Kelly with Closed Her Look talking with Kelly Reidenauer the owner of Kelly's Cookies for Goodness Bakes it's a non-profit cookie business that mentors and job trains young people who've aged out of the foster care system, people aged 18 to 25. So you've stepped out in faith. What's been your biggest blessing? These wonderful youth that we get to know, I mean, they're all so talented. They all have their strengths. And, you know, we hear their stories, we share ours. And I'm seeing after they move on to other full-time jobs, we feel like we made a, a difference in their life. You know, they call us over over the course of the year and check in and let us know. One of them got a job promotion and, you know, they call us to go, guess what? I got a promotion. So that's the most fulfilling is we don't just 
just say, okay, goodbye, go find a job. And, you know, we keep in touch with them and we want them to know we're always there for them as their family and, and friends. So what kind of skills do you teach? So so when they're here, we do our best to, to teach them what we can here in the bakery. It's not just about baking. It's about, you know, cash handling. It's about, we, we even teach a little bit about sales and marketing, customer service. A lot of them have never handled money and that's very scary for them. And these days everything's computerized. It tells you how much change. So we practice counting back change and doing the math. And, you know, if you buy three cookies, they give you a 20. How much do they get back? And that's very challenging. And also just working with the public, a lot of them are very timid and shy. We teach them make eye contact, smile, say thank you, just things they can take for any job. It doesn't have to be a future bakery job. We practice time management, which is huge. A lot of them, you know, they come dilly-dally and we're like, okay, if you're done with this job, let's find something else. And food safety, how to clean them at the kitchen, keep the knives over here and packaging. We try to give them a little bit of everything and we find their strengths and their favorite. They're sort of like hidden treasures in these young people. Tell us about some of the things that you found. Some of them are very artistic. So we had one youth design our label for our doggy treats that we make and they hand sketched it and she was so proud of that. And we still use that label today. So we just try to find the strength and the skills that they have and encourage that for their future job. It doesn't have to be baking. It doesn't have to be cash register. There might be something marketing or something that we see a strength in them and we try to encourage that. So there's a lot that that goes into it and there is really is such a need and and many of them are just completely unprepared for you know quote unquote the real world so how many kids have gone through and worked here it's been a little over a dozen so i think about 14 or 14 or 15 have gone through the program we are looking to expand that and we're hoping to grow this by you know 30 or 40 a year it's not a lot but we're we're growing and that all has been helped by the community so what are some of the jobs that the kids have gotten as they've left here one moved on to PetSmart, who's a big animal lover, and he started out, you know, the bottom just stocking shelves, and he's the one that, you know, got a few promotions since then. One became a school teacher with young children. One went back to school to um, go study marketing and, and business, and so they've all kind of gone in different areas. Some we still have with us, so they're still trying to figure out. They've stayed a little longer than our program because they're still not sure, so we don't kick them out. We just keep them until they're ready and find something that they love. I'm Monica Kelly with Closer Look, talking with Kelly Reitenauer, owner of Kelly's Cookies for Goodness Bakes, a nonprofit cookie business that mentors and job trains young people who've aged out of the foster care system. What's been one of the most inspirational stories for you? A lot of our youth have big anxiety issues. You know, getting up to the register is a challenge. And then at the end of a few months, we see a customer walk in and they run up to the cash register to wait on somebody. And that's a huge step for a lot of them. You know, they're, I wouldn't say afraid, they're just very intimidated by adults. And if someone snaps at them or something, that just ruins their whole day. So seeing them take the initiative to walk up to the front and greet them and, you know, handle the cash register on their own, it's a very proud moment. And it's so cool that you get to be there to witness their transformation. Do teenagers, foster teenagers, really want to be adopted? They do. I think the toughest challenges, you know, when just like, I don't refer to an animal, but a puppy, everyone wants the young ones. And of course, all teenagers have their challenges and 10 to 18, they want a stable home. They want someone to call mom and dad. And that's why I wanted to focus my efforts and my intention on those age group that's often overlooked. And they have just as much of a need and a desire, mostly for stability. They just want a stable home and a soft place to land. You know, if they try to go out on their own and they have a challenge, they want to know they have someone that 
loves them unconditionally, they can come back and call a place home, somewhere to go for the holidays. I've often brought in my foster girls friends that have nowhere to go. And I'm like, bring them all over the more the merrier. But that's really tough as the holidays where where do they go? You know, so that's why people really need to consider that age group is is so overlooked and is very sad. Is there a way to come alongside of somebody who's an older foster teenager without necessarily adopting? Absolutely. That's what I did. When I brought in or when I met my foster gal, I referred to her as my daughter. I didn't legally adopt her, but you don't have to legally. You can emotionally adopt her and move her into your home, treat her like a daughter or a son. They don't have to be on paper, but just to have someone feel like they have a set of parents, that's all they want. It doesn't have to be a legal responsibility, but just to be able to open your home and welcome somebody that's not your blood relative. And that's what is very important to them. Tell us about the changes that have been made within your business after going from a for-profit business to a non-profit. It's not really a whole lot different, just that we roll any profits right back. I mean, I haven't given myself a raise. I I probably can make more working at McDonald's. I don't do this for the money. I do this because my long-term goals are to partner with other nonprofits so that we can broaden our offerings to these youth. There's a a friend of mine that started a nonprofit a few years ago called Dress to Success, and they provide business attire and stuff. So we're now working together, the clothing, the job skills training, and there's other nonprofits out there that do different aspects for for different demographics. So my goal is to team up with some larger ones so that we can help more youth. So by being a a fellow nonprofit, there's more opportunities to partner and, you know, expand our services. I would love one day to have a larger facility where it's actually like a, a dining where you come in and our youth can practice, you know, waiting on them and serving coffee and not just the register, but actually do a bigger restaurant sit down type. I think that would be wonderful in, in our area and think it would be very well received. What is your signature flavor here? Probably our toffee fudge. That's become a favorite. Yeah, we actually trademarked that years ago, Sacramento Gold. We had a special order from the Sacramento Convention Center, wanted us to make a gold mining cookie. So we created, you know, that cookie was ideal the toffee was the nuggets. We have a trademark name, Sacramento Gold. And you also have dog biscuits. We do. Yeah, we create. I'm a big dog lover. I feed all the stray cats and dogs around the neighborhood. So I thought, well, I want to do a, a dog cookie. So I, again, playing in the kitchen, I just put all the ingredients that are animal friendly. We use fresh Libby pumpkin. We use all natural peanut butter, no sugar in it. We use rice flour because a lot of animals, I know my dogs are wheat sensitive. So we try to make a very healthy dog treat that actually tastes good. So I tested it out on my little fluffy picky dog that I have and he gobbled it up. So I know if my dog will eat it, the other dogs will eat it. So we now do gourmet dog treats. What's your website? Our website is forgoodnessbakes.org, but it's F-O-R, not the number four. So F-O-R-G-O-O-D-N-E-S-S-B-A-K-E-S dot O-R-G. Thank you, Kelly. That was Kelly Breidenauer. She is the owner of For Goodness Bakes, formerly Kelly's Cookies in Roseville, California. It's a not-for-profit cookie business whose goal is to reach local youth, specifically young people who've aged out of the foster care system. I'm Monica Kelly with Closer Look.